This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. This one by a final score of 14 to 1. So in the last 48 hours, they've been outscored 20 to 4 by the Orioles. And once you take the first two games, kind of got to win the series. You you no longer accept just splitting. Before the series, sure, you sign up for 2-2. After you go up 2-0, got to win the series. And the Yankees were unfortunately able to do that. Meanwhile, in Arizona, the Mets on their way to sweeping the Diamondbacks. This would be their second. Well, they've already won their second straight series. This would be their fifth straight win uh, right before they head to San Diego to close out the first half of the season. But I did want to talk some... NFL as well, because this is the time of the year where it's dry season, where we've completed the draft and free agency, and we've exhausted every resource possible and all of the content imaginable. So we come out with these ridiculous lists and predictions, and today I landed on CBS Sports 2023 NFL quarterback tiers, and it reads as follows. I actually, you know, Put it out on my Twitter handle if you want to look at the graphics. I understand sometimes looking at the graphic um, it just comes across easier to, to, to look at than it is to actually listen to someone read some names. But here's tier one. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. Uh, first of all, I already have an issue with that. It's Mahomes and Burrow on tier one. Josh Allen is not on the same tier as those guys. Mahomes has won two championships, two MVPs. Joe Burrow's gotten his team to a Super Bowl. Josh Allen has only gotten as far as an AFC championship game and significantly regressed last year when he got whooped by Joe Burrow's team at home in the playoffs. So he's not on tier one with those guys. We move on to tier two where you have Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, Jalen Hurts. And this is where it gets anger-inducing. Tier 3, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Daniel Jones, Justin Fields, Tua Tungavailoa, Matt Stafford, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Are you kidding me? Aaron Rodgers is on the same tier as Justin Fields? Listen, I, like the creators of this tier ranking, often confuse Aaron Rodgers with Daniel Jones, too. Are you kidding me? Aaron Rodgers is on the same tier as Tua, as Justin Fields, as Daniel Jones, and Russell Wilson? Because he threw 26 touchdowns to 12 picks last year while playing with a broken finger? Now, I don't want to make excuses for the guy. It was his lowest touchdown input or output, I should say, since 2019. It was the, the, the most interceptions he had thrown since 2010. By his standards, that was a bad season. And to have, this, have it all come down to week 18 in your house against the Detroit Lions with a chance to get to the playoffs and you fall flat on your face, yes, I understand the the overall season and what we watched last year negating some of the greatness but for it to have you in such a precipitous fall where you you're now down to tier three with the likes of Daniel Jones Russell Wilson Justin Fields Tua 
maybe I can live with Matt Stafford because he's uh, two years removed from you know winning a Super Bowl. But really, that's what we're doing, CBS Sports. That's what we're doing. Doesn't make any sense to me. Now, a couple nights ago, I thought it was offensive to have Rodgers behind Trevor Lawrence. The, the NFL MVP odds have come out from Vegas, and he's behind Trevor Lawrence. In my eyes, in the AFC, the only quarterbacks who are better than Rodgers are Mahomes, Mahomes and Burrow. Like Those are the only two quarterbacks I am certain right now enter the season better than Rodgers. But this list, to me, is just baffling. But I understand. We, we go back to we need something to talk about. We need content. We need to generate conversation. And look, I'm, I'm talking about it on the radio because it's just mystifying to me how a guy could have one down season where he throws for 26 touchdowns and 12 picks and we've dropped him down this far. Even the most agnostic person when it comes to the Jets and the Rodgers experiment. Can't have him on tier three with those cats. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That That's just a little bit too much for me. You guys agree with that? Am, am, I, am I overrating Rodgers at this, sta- at this stage in his career? Is this, this, does this have high bust potential? I just don't see it. I really don't. But I did see this come across my timeline, courtesy uh, of Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio. He said the Jets have been gaining momentum on Dalvin Cook. And, you know, as we head towards training camp, the Jets are a team that I was aware of as a potential destination for Cook weeks before he was actually cut. And, you know, he he talks about the benefit of not only lending him, but making sure he doesn't go to Miami. Jeremy Fowler was on Get Up, and he talked about the Jets doing their homework on the now free agent Dalvin Cook. The Jets have done their homework on Dalvin Cook. They're in the mix, but a lot of teams are. Several teams in the AFC East are vying for his potential services. Quinn and Williams, that's been slow on the contract extension front. So they have an issue potentially at training camp. They don't get it done by then. He's a top five defensive tackle, so he is a priority. They got some players that they could ask to take pay cuts. They also have to rework Aaron Rodgers' contract. He's due $107 million in cash in 2024. That's untenable, so expect them to rework that money, maybe even to reflect a two-year commitment from Rodgers. And this is this is something that I've been a proponent of going back Weeks now, when it became a possibility, assuming that the financial, the financial ramifications aren't too, you know, significant, where it puts them at, at a massive disadvantage, I would welcome him on the team just because of the Brees Hall question mark. And you know, you you go into the season expecting that you are going to have all of your guys return, and you know the weaknesses are going to turn into strengths, and the strengths are going to continue to be better. I can't legitimately, if I'm being honest, as optimistic as I am, I can't expect him to be the Brees Hall that I saw last year who was a a difference maker. He was a game changer. We saw once he exited the lineup how significant of a drop-off the offense took. And that's not something I can ignore. So if you go out there and get an insurance policy like a Dalvin Cook who can help stabilize that running back room, that's something that I'm all for. 
I, I don't know that Zonovan Knight is going to be someone who can come in and, and be a, a contributor the way that you would hope for. Michael Carter. And then the kid, Izzy, that they, that they drafted. I've got a guy out there sitting on the market in Dalvin Cook who has four 1,000-plus yard seasons, you know, all in a row the last four years, something like 40-plus touchdowns in that span. If you can add him to this group, because you're already win now. At this point, even if it's something that can doom you, you got to be all in, especially if there is a high reward at the tail end of it. So I'm signing up for Dalvin Cook. And as Mike Florio alluded to, you keep him away from the Miami Dolphins, a legitimate team. Assuming Tua can stay healthy, that is a scary football team. You add Dalvin Cook to that mix, watch out. 800-919-3776. We go to Queens to talk to Paul. How's it going, Paul? My man, listen, I've been watching this team since 1979. You know, Dan Grassa, Greg Bottle. I'm always on their pregame, postgame, I'm postgame shows. You hit it on the money. And I was telling you a screen of this. If Aaron Rodgers went to Dallas, Pittsburgh, all the shows like Get Up, you know, Satellite Radio would put him on a pedestal. Oh, he's the best thing. For him to be ranked, like you said, you said the best thing earlier. You're right. He's ranked there with up Mahomes and Burrow. This guy's a Hall of Famer. And the fact that he's in New York – and, you know, he's put down. is horrible. I mean, you know, he had one bad year, and he still threw for 26 touchdowns. I got news for you. You know. You've been on this radio station for a while, and you're a good guy. This team healthy? And you know if they're healthy? They're going to make it far. They can, of course. And you said add, add Dalvin Cook? Forget it. I really don't see nobody, you know, you know contending with them. I think they, 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 you know, we deserve it, man. And I'll tell you why we deserve it as Jeff fans. Nobody ridiculed, um, you know, the Rams when they got Matthew Stafford. Oh, they put him on a praise. Here comes Aaron Donald. He's going to get his ring. Why? We can't get our ring? Why? We can't put stuff in a basket like they did or like Tampa Bay did? But because we're in New York and we have to hear, you know, different debates. But, again, I always say exactly what you said, which was ridiculous to put him down as a ranking. Just because we're in New York – and we're the, uh, you know, the team that is second fiddle to the Giants, we have no right to go ahead and build up our team. But I got news for you, all Jets fans like me, passionate ones. Silence is golden. Let's shut our mouth, pray to God that nobody gets hurt, because we go far because we deserve it. Thank you for your time, my friend. I love it, Paul. I, I appreciate that, man. And, and it all starts on uh, Monday Night Football against Buffalo at home. Rodgers making his debut. The one thing I will say that I I can disagree with is the Rams situation is different because they had been to a Super Bowl already in, in, what was that, 2018. They had gone to the Super Bowl. They have a proven head coach in Sean Sean McVay who's who's looked upon as one of the best innovative and offensive minds that that the sport has seen, at least in recent memory. And that was a lot of talent on that team. They were a perennial playoff team that had been to a Super Bowl with a great head coach. So that's the reason why you would put more stock into the Rams who traded for Stafford 
over Rodgers going to a Jets team that hasn't been to the playoffs in 12 seasons, an organization that can't seem to get out of his own way. And the question marks aren't just that on the field with the, when it comes to the offensive line and the running back room. I still think you can add another receiver, which is why I was I, I was also someone who said, you know, you, you go out there and get DeAndre Hopkins. But another question mark they have is Robert Sala. He has to prove he is a, a, a great in-game head coach because as, as much as I appreciate the, the energy and the rah-rah and the, you know, motivator, that is Salah, we have yet to see him show himself to be someone who is great at the X's and O's, especially late in games timeout situations, understanding what to do during the two-minute drill. There are still questions about that. But I'm with you. The the fact that Rodgers is on Tier 3 is shameful. We know it comes down to, though, you're the Jets until you're no longer the Jets. 800-919-3776. We return with your phone calls. And another list I came across uh, about NFC quarterbacks. This is a little Giants flavor that we'll hit you with when we get back right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Still leaves a little to be desired. That bacon, egg, and cheese hits every single time. Turkey bacon, egg, cheese, throw some lettuce and tomatoes on that. Every single time. Good job, Jordan Renan. Love it. 800-919-3776. Ox is in New Jersey. He's on ESPN New York tonight. What's up, Ox? How we doing, sir? Doing well, man. Doing well, man. What's going on? I was just thinking about the Jets. I I can't believe he was there on the third phase, like you said, Aaron Rodgers. But I think it's, it's part of being a Jet fan, and I think it helps us. I mean, if they come out and put him in the first tier or the second tier, I think it's just a bigger chip on his shoulder to prove that last year, which, by the way, would have been the Jets' either number two or three greatest season of all time as quarterback, his worst season ever. He, If he stays healthy, he's good for 50 touchdowns this year. I think the Jets are – listen, we still got – unfortunately, football still comes down most of the time to – who plays better on three or four plays during any given day. So, But this is the most excited I've been. This is the most hype we have. And this is our best chance we've ever had. I mean, listen, even last year. I mean, we beat the Bills last year with the 32nd ranked football. With the 32nd ranked quarterback. And so, but things got to get better. We got to stay healthy, like you say, pray for health. But uh, I like that where he was at. And you're a Jet, and things are the same until you change them. So we are the Jets until we stop. <laughs> it's being true. The Jets. You're the Jets until you're no longer the Jets. And I appreciate the call, Ox. I just go back to this. I, I, I will hang my hat on this. Aaron Rodgers, was it that he completely lost it last year? Like, he just fell off a cliff. You remember Max Kellerman said Brady was going to fall off a cliff. It was just going to happen. Now, it never happened, but that that was his prediction. So is that something we saw with Rodgers last year? Did he just fall off a cliff? Or was it the young receivers, the injury to his hand, 
and the team just wasn't very good. Now, by his standards, there's no excuse what he did last year. They started the season 3-1, and one, finished 8-9, and nine, and he went on a little run late in the season that had them you know, at week 18 at home against the Lions with a chance to get into the playoffs. But they didn't deserve to go to the playoffs based on the campaign that he had and that the, the entire team had. But coming off back-to-back MVPs where he combined in those two seasons for 85 touchdowns to just nine interceptions, that the, the second leg of that, which was 37-4, and four, was just a year ago. Was prior to last season, so did he just fall flat on his face? Is he done? Is he cooked? Did it just happen just over the course of one offseason where he comes back and he just no longer has it? Or were there reasons for why he struggled last year? And it kind of reminds me of, now this is a, you know, a, a cross-sports analogy, and it's not even a perfect one because I'm not comparing these guys to Aaron Rodgers. But I always look at when when players on teams that I root for are struggling, I almost wish I learned that an injury is taking place. Like Severino, is he this bad or is he hurt? You would almost feel better if you learned that he was hurt because then maybe he he, he goes on the IL, he comes back, he's healthy. And he's much better than the atrocity that he's put on display since he was activated from the I.L. Rizzo, LeMahieu, Stanton, are are these guys this bad or are they hurt? You learn that there's some injury reasons related to why they're struggling and it almost makes you feel better. So again, not the perfect analogy because those guys aren't Rodgers, but with him... Last year, learning that there was a a, a broken finger situation could explain why we saw such a regression where he threw for 11 fewer touchdowns while he threw for also eight more interceptions. Now, part of that was, you know, on him, right? Not having the timing with his receivers. And you say he should have been there in training camp or, you know, he should have been there for OTAs, especially because you lose Devontae Adams. And now you've got all these young weapons, the Christian Watsons and, you know, Dobson and, and you know, Lazard's now elevated to your number one receiver. So I, I'm not completely absolving him of the blame. But, man, to, to put him on Tier 3 was, was just ludicrous. Uh, so I was watching First Take today, and Stephen A. did his, you know, the Stephen A. A. list. He, he did his top five NFC quarterbacks. And let's go in reverse order. So number five, he had Geno Smith. Geno took his team to the playoffs last year for, I would say, three, maybe three quarters of the season. There was noise about Geno possibly being an MVP candidate. So he has Geno at number five. Number four, he put Dak Prescott, which was shocking because you would assume Stephen A. got no love for the Cowboys. But, you know, he was being objective. Put Dak Prescott number four, even though he was throwing pick sixes left and right last season. Jared Goff had his number three. 
Jarikov, we had given up on him, traded away from a team that could win a Super Bowl, and immediately they win the Super Bowl. But he had a pretty good last year for Detroit. And if you're a Lions fan, got to feel better about where your team's going, especially with uh, Dan Campbell roaming the sidelines and what he's been able to do with that group. Here's where it shocks me, where we kind of go a little crazy. Yeah, Brock Purdy at number two. Now, we understand the love for Brock Purdy. Was able to get his team to the NFC Championship game last year. Then he got hurt, so they had no chance. But is that more a product of Kyle Shanahan, or is he really that talented? You think Brock Purdy's the second-best quarterback in the NFC? No chance. And, of course, Jalen Hurts, number one. So I'm looking at this list, and my question was, hmm, no Daniel Jones? Giants just paid him like he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFC. He doesn't crack the top five. Should Daniel Jones be be considered a top five quarterback in the NFC? No Derek Carr? How about Kirk Cousins? Matt Stafford essentially didn't play last year, had that elbow injury that we see pitchers in baseball get. But no Jones, no Carr, no Kirk, no Stafford. He had Hurts, Purdy, Goff, Dak, and Gina. And I, I just had issues with Purdy and, and Jared Goff being on the list on this list. Because I think Derek Carr should be considered a top five quarterback in the NFC. And at this point, Stafford, he's got a championship. Uh, he, he should be on the top five list, too. And I've got Daniel Jones is better than Brock Purdy. But I just found this list to be very interesting. 800-919-3776. We'll hear from Aaron Boone. Also got to hear from Makai Becton. Meant to play that last night, but we kind of ran out of time. So we'll do that coming up. Update on the Mets real quick. They're up 9 nothing in the top of the seventh inning. So they're on their way to sweeping the uh, the Diamondbacks before going to San Diego to round out the first half of the baseball season. 800-919-3776. Ty D. Butler on Twitter and Instagram. Going until midnight right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. So I'm in the studio right now. Ty Butler going until midnight. And the Yankee game is about to be replayed. And I'm thinking to myself, no, I've seen this this hor- this horror movie once already tonight. I'm good. I saw it earlier. I'm good. I'm good. All the way good on this game. 14-1 to 1 at the hands of the o- Orioles. We'll hear from Aaron Boone in a moment. First, let's go to New Jersey and talk to, is it... Anish, Anish. Hey, Anish. Yes. Anish. Anish, Anish, what's up, man? What you got? I just wanted to talk about Brock Purdy and comparing him to Daniel Jones. What are your thoughts? Just wanted to say that Brock Purdy has had more playoff wins than Daniel Jones or even Dak Prescott combined. So you think? Brock Purdy's better than Dak Prescott and Daniel Jones? I feel like given the sample size that he's gotten 
so far. I mean, it's a re- yeah. it's a very small sample size. It's it a, is. It's it a is very a small sample, sample size. size. But, but I feel like, like compared to their playoff experiences, and they both had more more reps and regular season. I feel like they, Brock Purdy is way on an upswing better than either quarterback. Yeah, I disagree with that vehemently. I appreciate the call, uh, Anish, but it, we we can't just do. Jimmy Garoppolo ruined the the quarterback record stat because we we saw how great he was in Kyle Shanahan's system, and we understand that he is not one of the best quarterbacks in football, as his quarterback record would indicate. So we're strictly using that as the barometer and how we analyze, you know, quarterback versus quarterback, then I think we're doing ourselves a disservice because there is no way in hell you're going to sit here and sell me on Brock Purdy being a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. And I am a Dak Prescott skeptic. I think the Cowboys fans out there get so drunk on what his potential is, they ignore some of the glaring weaknesses. And they're so hung up on how you know how poorly at times the organization appears to be run, they absolve him of all the blame. He's throwing pick sixes last year, and I got Ray Santiago blaming you know the receivers running the wrong routes. But uh, to say that Brock Purdy's better than Dak, I'm sorry, no can do. Uh, but as far as football is concerned. I was pleased to hear from Makai Becton the other day because he opened up on what's been the key to his body transformation. Just the will to want to. Like, uh, I mean, I've been wanting to make this transition, but like, just the, the team that I had around me wasn't the right team for me. So uh, I had to change the seats that was at my metaphorical table. So like, I revamped everything, got a new trainer, got a new agent. Got it. Just got new everything. So that that was really the change that that helped me out a lot. And he talked about what new workouts he's been doing. The exercises were definitely different. I started to swim. I started swimming this off season, so that that helped me out a lot as well. Uh, yeah, like my trainer is the way he works out is just is just different. So that helped out a lot. I was actually starting to make these changes towards the end of the year of last last season, so it, it it didn't take that long. It was just about just keeping up the consistency and keep going. You can see that if the thi- if things blow up in the Jets' face, if it completely comes apart, the reasons why it would happen, and one of those would be the offensive line, because they they just they just didn't do enough. To address it, they got bitten by the Rodgers trade in this regard. Trading back from 13 down to 15 with Green Bay meant that they missed out on a tackle. So it's, it is the single biggest weakness coming into the season. And it was a, a, a unit that was injury riddled last year, especially after AVT went down. So he comes back from injury. And you're also relying on the 40-year-old Dwayne Brown. You've got the uh, 22 fourth-rounder Max Mitchell, who was viewed as a project coming in. And, you know, you've got some stability with Lincoln Tomlinson. You did draft Joe Tipman. So we'll see if uh, he's able to get in there, although you signed Connor McGovern from the Cowboys. But th- this is a unit that if if things go wrong, we're, we're going to be able to immediately point at that being the reason why or one of the reasons why, I should say. 
But with all that being said, Makai is a huge X factor. And I am not going to sit here and and have all the confidence in the world that all of a sudden a guy who's played 48 snaps the last two years is going to suddenly turn it around. I can't do that. He's played 15 games in three seasons since he was drafted. He's dealt with issues with his weight, which he's talked about. He he said he changed the the team around him and he's gotten in much better shape. I believe he's down to like three thirty now. I I he's it, too much has happened for me to blindly have confidence and faith in him. But I I do hope he turns it around, and he has to be more. We talked about this earlier with Severino contract season and whether or not we we overrate that being a motivating factor. It's a contract year for for Makai Becton. The Jets did not pick up his fifth year option, so he's playing he's playing for a big payday, and at that position he would be in line for one if he goes out there and has a tremendous season. We would be willing to ignore everything that happened before this year if Makai Becton goes out there and looks anything like he did in his rookie season, and he's able to to stabilize what is a weakness for the Jets. So I applaud him for being candid, and it's good to hear from him. But the results are going to be in the pudding. And we've got to see it actually happen. 800-919-3776. My guy, Buddha's back for the second straight night. Always love talking to Buddha in the boogie down. What up, Buddha? What's going on, my G? Yo, you, so you said you moved? Or, or what were you saying earlier on Twitter? We were, we were talking about, I was on a train oh, car. No, 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 you were talking about those, those those nasty subways. I'm saying, I'm just glad I don't live in the city anymore. I've been living in the city for about four years. I mean, you know, it's horrible what they're trying to do. Like, trying to force you to take that transportation. Uh, man, it's I was on a... dirty. For the Come audience on. who didn't see on, you I put this on yeah, Twitter. Yeah. I was on a train uh, train cart earlier that smelled like fish. It was It was disgusting. It was disgusting. Oh, it's been some worse smells than that over here, my brother. I'm telling you. <laughs> and, I, and, and, and they're you know trying I mean? to force people to take trains because of congestion pricing, which is a scam in itself, because all they're going to do is prior to Labor Day jack up the, the train and bus fares. So that's working in concert. You want people out of their cars by forcing them to pay up to $29 if you're entering below 60th Street, but then you're going to put them on these overcrowded nasty trains that already can't handle the people on them now that stink and now you're increasing the fares. But I digress. What's up, Buddha? What do you got? Um, listen, I, like you said, I pulled from a car back then. I hope he's all right. Uh, I'm not throwing any money on the table, you know, in terms of expecting any type of production from him. And like I told you before, I, I, I'm going to leave the Jets thing alone. The two areas of concern for me really are you know, worst offensive line in the division, worst head coach. You know, uh, last time somebody saw a, super, a team go to Super Bowl with that, you let me know. But, um, you know, you were talking about the quarterbacks. And, you know, for me, I think there's like, there's a first tier, but there's a tier within that tier. Obviously, Mahomes is 1A. Uh, Burrow's got to be the 1B. And, you know, let's be honest. They were shoving, and he played well, and he usually did his thing for a year to that game in Kansas City. I mean, if they had won that game, maybe things would be different for him. 
But I clearly have to take Josh Allen out of that one seed. Yeah. And I got to elevate Jalen Hurts to that one seed. You know, I, I was skeptical about Hurts, you know, especially after the way he had played in that previous uh, postseason game against the Bucks. This year, everything was working well, look good. But I still, you know, I'm like St. Louis. You got to show me. The way he played in that Super Bowl, you know, he turned me into the monkeys. Now, I'm a believer. <laughs> that throw that he made to Dallas Clark. Listen, this like that was that throw he made to Dallas Clark on the sideline was equal to the throw that Eli Manning made to Manning. Um, what's the guy's name? Mario Manning. Manning. Yeah. That, that 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 was that's a memorable throw. Even though he lost the game anyway, but that's a memorable throw. So those are that's the tier one. In the tier two, I mean, you can have whichever guys you want. I mean, Josh Allen probably is at the head of that pack. Then you got your, your, like you said, your Dak Prescott. Gino had a resurgence, but he's got to back that up with another year before we really, you know, try to elevate him. You know, but this Brock Purdy stuff, bro, first of all, listen, that's that's insulting to anybody who's put together a body of work that's been longer than a year. That's number one. Number two, let's be honest about that Shanahan system. And this is the part that scared you about Zach Wilson. When they interviewed Joe Flacco after one preseason game, he said, look, the system that we're running doesn't ask you to make a lot of reads. It just asks you to get the ball out of your hands quickly. That's the same system that Purdy is running over there. And, you know, let's all wash it down that with the UCL injury that you don't even know if he's 100% back. That's nonsense. And when they do that stuff, you know, it, it irritates you if you've been watching football for a long time. Like you said, that Prescott, I'm not the biggest fan of his, but Brock Purdy's not bad. He has no body of work. Exactly. What do you play, like 10 games? <laughs> exactly. What do you play, 10 games? Yeah. I mean, come on. We've seen that before. We've seen that before. We've seen guys come in here and, and, and play well for a year or a year and a half, and you never see them again. You know, all, all I say is this much, bro. It's like in terms of what's going to be this year and all that, guys can prognosticate anything they want. Football is always based on three different things. First thing is health. Second thing is injury. And the third thing is where you wind up in your division. Now, Jared Goff, you know, listen, I thought Dan Cannibal was a, was, a, was a nutso job when he first got that job over there. Oh, uh, he was biting kneecaps. Yeah, yeah, he was talking proven. crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was talking crazy. He's actually proven, listen, you wish – and, 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 and listen, I'm not even going to go back to this yet. I would take Dan Campbell's approach to results better than what I've got for the last couple of years here. And, you know, Jared Goff, one thing I liked about Campbell and one thing I liked about Goff, see, Goff looked like one of them little pretty boys that, you know, it, it, things are only going to work out for him if he's on the West Coast. Dan Campbell challenged him verbally, all, you know, in the media and everything, and he responded. It's not easy to get thrown away from a team the way he got thrown away yeah, from Los Angeles. Especially That's watching them. People yeah. act like that's easy. Yeah, that's and then watching easy. them win a Super Bowl so once you get – once watching them win a Super Bowl once you get traded. That was like DeRozan once he got traded. Appreciate the call, Buddha. I'm up against the clock. Once once DeRozan got traded, Kawhi comes in and wins the championship. Yeah, what Jared Goff did last year was impressive. And the Lions are going to be one of the most intriguing teams next year. They might win that division. I think they have the longest streak of not winning their division 
And that could come to an end next year. 800-919-3776. We wrap the show and hear from Aaron Boone next. All right here on 9870 ESPN.